Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hallelujah. We are, this might be the last lesson, I'm not promising you. <laughs> well, let's see how we go. Hebrews chapter 10, and I want to begin with our foundational scriptures, uh, verses 35 and 36, where the writer of Hebrews says, Cast not away therefore your confidence. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying, don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast away your faith. He said, which has great recompense of reward. Notice the word great. He says it's a great recompense of reward. In verse 36, he says, For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God. And we've talked about that before, so I'm not going to go over it, but please hear those words. After you have done the will of God, he says, you might receive the promise. And also I want to bring to your attention Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, where the writer of Hebrews says, We do not want you to become lazy. Okay, can I say that again? Uh, he says here again, the writer of Hebrews says here again, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Hallelujah. So notice again that we see we need both faith and patience to inherit the promise. See, uh, let, let me just share this with you very quickly. You know, you need faith. You need to understand faith. This is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, okay? You need that working to begin with. But I want you to notice that patience is required. In order for faith to work, you need to keep working your faith in order to bring about the manifestation. You need to continue to believe God and give Him time to do what He needs to do. And that's where patience comes in. A lot of times, you know, people activate their faith and they're so gung-ho with it, okay? And, uh, you know, they're just, they're just ready to take that mountain, so to speak. And then, you know, give it a couple of weeks and they're kind of going, well, you know, and it starts to wane. And, you know, you, your, your faith starts to kind of <laughs> go this way. And the, the whole, that's the whole reason why the, the writer of Hebrews says that you need patience. In other words, you need to be strong all the time. You need to be constant, consistent throughout this process. Amen? Now, last time, <laughs> uh, we, we talked about, we went to Mark chapter 4. So I want you to go there next. Let me just make some statements as we lead up to it. Uh, and that is, you know, what's unique about this kind of patient endurance uh, is unlike faith and hope that comes from knowledge uh, and revelation of God's word, this quality is developed, remember again, in the midst of tests, trials, and tribulations. And you need to understand something that, you know, this is something that is developed in tough times, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, like I said to you before, somebody said, you know, pray that I, I, I learn how to have patience. You don't want me to pray that because the, the only thing I can pray for you is that you hit rough times, <laughs> okay? And you don't want that, do you? No, not at all. So once again, th the thing is, and I've said this before, you know, God in His wisdom did something extraordinary. He placed something on the inside of us that whenever the enemy attacked us, some, instead of us just coming through the battle and going, oh, well, thank God that's over, we would actually become stronger in that battle. So that every time the enemy attacked you, listen to me, listen to what I'm about to say, please. Every time the enemy attacked you, he would pay for it because you would get stronger and his attack would need to be even stronger the next time. And, in, and if, he, if he decided to do that, 
you would become even stronger as long as you did this. Are you all with me? We might get to that scripture uh, today in James, but uh, you need to understand the wisdom of God, you know, place something in you. This is not God testing and trying you. Remember again that Jesus said in John 16 and verse 33, he says, in the world you will have tribulation. I want you to notice that he didn't say God will give you tribulation. He said you're going to have tribulation because you're in the world. And I noticed, I noticed he goes in to say, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, if this was God, obviously Jesus can't overcome God. You know what I'm saying? Now, yes, he is God as well, but they never work against each other. Are you, are you all here? Amen. I want you to hear this. I want you to receive this. And so you need to understand that since this is not God, then you know you, know you can get, get God's help in overcoming, in standing strong, and getting to that place of victory. Hallelujah. Last time we, we, we got to Mark chapter 4, I told you to turn there. Mark chapter 4, I want to go uh, begin reading in verse 14, because one of the things that we need to understand is that since, uh, let me just rephrase this. In fact, no, you know what? Let me read this, and that way it will make more sense. I, I want to say something, but I should read this first. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. My church knows I do stuff like this. <laughs> it says, the sower sows the word. Verse 15. It says, and these are uh, the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. Who comes? Not God. <laughs> okay? And notice it's after the word is sown. It says, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And then verse 16, these are likewise the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness, and, and when they have no root in themselves, I'm in verse 17 now, and so endure only for a time. Endure only for a time. Remember, patience and endurance are the same thing, okay, in this, in this instance. Notice it says they so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, what? To test you, brother, to see if you really love God. No, <laughs> okay? That's not what it says. It says that when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake. Remember all this began with the sower sows the word. Remember that. So once the, the, the Lord sows that word in your heart, once you receive the word of God in your heart, understand something. You have received wisdom and you have received knowledge. You have received something that if you apply in your life, the doer of the word is blessed. Okay? That things will begin to work and you start to dig yourself or get yourself out of whatever problem you're in. God will begin to move on your behalf because you are believing the word. Amen. Okay? And... You know, that what the last thing that the devil wants to do is for you to have a testimony. So he's going to attack you on every side and make sure that you never see the result of the word that you've received. That you never get the victory from that word. Amen? Are you with me? And you, Because then you become a nightmare to him. Because, you know, one thing we do is we don't shut up. Okay? We get something good happen, we want to tell everybody. Hallelujah. See, what he wants to do is for something to go wrong in your life, and you go tell everybody and discourage everybody. But God, what God wants you to do is have something wonderful happen in your life so that you just go tell everybody what happened. You know, like all the people that Jesus healed, and, you know, he'd say, don't tell anybody. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Okay. They just go tell everybody because they're all so excited and so happy. And you can understand that, you know, if the devil does something bad and you go, you tell everybody, well, you're working on his side of the fence, aren't you? And if something wonderful happens to you and, you know, you want to go tell everybody, then you encourage them to follow God's word. You encourage them to be patient. You encourage them to have faith in God. Believe him. 
and receive from him. Amen? Hallelujah. So notice again here, it says, and they have no root in themselves. I'm back in Mark uh, 4.17. It says, and so endure. This is Jesus talking, by the way. And he says, so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Please don't be one of those people that stumbles immediately because something comes against you. You know, <laughs> you start believing for money and things start breaking down everywhere and you're spending more money than you're receiving. Listen, that's the enemy attacking you. You need to stand strong. You know, I, I think the, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking now of those people that, you know, they say, well, I don't want to tithe and, you know, <laughs> whatever. And so finally, somehow, some way, somebody convinces them to do that. And then everything goes wrong. They go, see, I, I, before I tithe, nothing went wrong. Sweetheart, you don't understand that there is something that is going to come from that that is going to bless you so much that you're going to go, wow, this is really great. So you know the devil doesn't want that to happen. You know he's going to do everything he can to stop that. Obviously, he's going to make it look like the very opposite It will happen if you do what God says. Now, you need to make a decision right now. You need to decide, is God's word, God's word true? Pausing for effect, <laughs> okay? You need to make that decision, family, that God is not a liar. If he says this is how it's going to work, then it will work. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, I just use that as an example because that usually is one of the things that challenges people the most. Uh, sickness is another one, but right now with the pandemic, I don't want to do that to you. Okay, <laughs> moving on. So Jesus overcame tribulation by overcoming the world uh, that was causing it. And that's wh uh, what's truly exciting about all this is that we know he now lives on the inside of us. Amen. Remember again, I, I mentioned this to you, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you. And why in 1 John 5, 4, again, I mentioned this before, goes, uh, goes on to say, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. The person that overcame everything lives in you. You have been born again. Now you've got that power residing on the inside of you, and you can expect that as well. Hallelujah. So with all this working for us, we need to know that we too can overcome impossible obstacles. Amen. And why the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, or who strengthens me. Depends which version you have, <laughs> all right? So notice again that he says, I can do all things. He doesn't sit there and go, I can't do this. Listen, when you need patience and, you know, you need to see something through, you need this verse of Scripture. You need to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. And the Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it will give you the strength that you need to see this through. Hallelujah. Amen. I uh, also said here, also, it is only when we know that God isn't behind our troubles. Hello. Can we apply ourselves fully to walking in victory and especially taking note of what Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 say? Now, let me read this to you. Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to begin, in read, uh, begin reading in verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing also we are com compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which, so, which does so easily beset us. Now, that word means ensnare us, hinder us, entangles us, and slows us down. Wow, did you get all of that? And it says, let us run with patience, the race that is set before us. I need to go back, don't I? Let me, let me go back <laughs> again, all right? He says, listen, he's, first thing you need to understand is that you're, you, know, you are not alone in this. Notice that the writer of Hebrews says, watch this. He says, wherefore, seeing that we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, there are a bunch of people that have gone before us that are watching over us. Oh, oh, oh. amen, all right? It says, let us lay aside every weight 
all those things that weigh us down. And it says, and the sin which so easily besets us. The sin which so easily ensnares us. The things that get, you know, get in the way of us, of us doing what we need to do, that hinder us, that entangle us. Did you get that one? Okay. And slows us down. He says, get rid of that. Get rid of that sin that slows you down, entangles you, and just gets in your way. <laughs> All right. And he says, let us run with patience. I want you to notice something here, that he's saying that sin can get in the way of your patience. Wow. Did you get that? Listen to me. He's saying, listen, you need to get rid of whatever sin. See, let me, let me share something with you very quickly. The one thing that the enemy can do is to get you to a place where you do something wrong. And then he'll come at you with condemnation and say, how can you believe? So say you've been believing for three weeks, then you trip up, you do something wrong. Okay, all right, listen. All right, and so he'll come and say, you know, he'll get you to do something, trip you up and say, aha, you know, you can't now expect what you're believing for to come to pass, can you? I mean, you've done this wrong thing, and knowingly you did the wrong thing. And, you know, yes, of course, that's 1 John 1, 9. You know, he'll quote scripture when it suits him. All right, he'll go, yes, yes, yes. You, okay, you, you're forgiven and all that. But, you know, you messed up what you were believing for. Now you just got to let go of, you know, forget about it. It's not going to come. And you think, yeah, well, you know, I don't see why God should give me something, uh, you know, because I've got, totally messed up now. And are you with me? And the sin that so easily ensnares us, besets us, gets in our way, slows us down. This is what happens. And if... Some people don't come out of that. Some people kind of get stuck there and just give up on it and move on and go, well, let me see what I can do in the natural to get what I want. If that was you, I've just given you an answer here. Listen, 1 John 1, 9 tells us that if we confess or acknowledge our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which means that you are back in a place of perfect righteousness, which means you can go back and say, Lord, I'm so sorry about that. I'm, I'm going to believe and receive. Yes, it's been three weeks, but I believe and receive the thing that you promised that you would get to me. I'm believing, I'm standing again, and I'm sorry that I tripped up. And I just, Lord, because I know that you are faithful to watch over your word to perform it. So I know it's on its way. And whatever bump it hit, here I am. I'm back, I'm back here again, Lord. Send it to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever you want to say, okay? Probably not the best way I said it, but you know what I'm trying to say. And just get back in there and trust me. Family, a lot of times the devil trips you up just before you receive the promise. And, you know, it may be just a couple of days after that and boom, there it is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And uh, when that happens, you remember that I said that, okay? <laughs> and always remember that that's what God wants. He wants you to be a good testimony. He doesn't want you to, be, you know, sort of say, well, I was believing that for at one time and that didn't work. Okay, but you'll never tell people that you messed up. Be honest, please. <laughs> you know, I'm honest with people. You know, if I messed up and did something wrong and I didn't receive something, I let people know, you know, I messed up. But I'm believing now. <laughs> so I'm believing to, I'm believing I'm going to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when you look at the, uh, sorry, <laughs> God's talking. Uh, you know, when you look at the, all the heroes, quote-unquote, of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, these guys weren't perfect at all. All of them messed up. I mean, they take several verses to talk about Abraham. Abraham! Abraham! You know, who, who, <laughs> uh, who had little Ishmael? You know, that takes a little time to get there. Okay, that's uh, <laughs> a lot of messing up to have a little kid like that. If you all know, okay, all right, listen, listen. And he is called the father of faith. Do you know why? Because he, he confessed his sin, he got it out, and he just kept believing God. And yes, Isaac came after Ishmael. After you make a mistake, 
you can still believe God and still receive the promise. Amen? Hope that sets you free. Hallelujah. Let's get back to this. So notice again, he says here, Hebrews 12, 1, he says, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There is a race that has been set before you. You have been set on a track. There is a purpose to your life. Listen to me. And you need to stay on track. And he, that's why he says we need patience. This isn't a 100-yard dash, okay? This is a lifelong run, all right? It's going to take all of your life to get where you need to get to. And, you know, and it's a journey, family. You go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength, from blessing to blessing. Hallelujah. And it, that, that's the journey. Praise God. And it needs to be something that speaks well of God. Amen. Let me, <laughs> amen. All right, all right, back to this. And he says again, watch this. What he says next is so very important. Not, not only does he say, let us run with patience the race that, race that is set before us. Notice he goes, verse 2, he says, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. When you're on this track and when you're running, you need to be in fellowship with the Lord. You need to have Jesus as your focus. You need him there in front of you because he's been through all of this and he will help you through it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why this stuff isn't just done, you know, apart from God. This is, if you're going to believe in God's word, can you just have a conversation with God, please? <laughs> okay. Can you fellowship with him? Can you chat to him? Can he, can you, will you allow him to talk to you and encourage you? Hallelujah. He wants to do that. You need to let him. All right? And no, look, notice it says, looking unto Jesus, watch what it says, uh, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that started this thing, and he will finish it if you let him. Praise God. You're not alone. Hallelujah. So I've said here again, it is essential that we keep our focus on Jesus if we are to successfully fight the good fight of faith. Remember, that's again 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, and finish the race that is set before us. That's actually in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Hallelujah. All right. Now, to give us even further insight into this, now I went and did a, a, a study on James. In fact, uh, the series before this was on James. And, uh, oh, was it? Well, anyway, a couple of series, okay? <laughs> I did uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Uh, this, this sits here in this series. I've got to share this with you. Those of you in my church, you all know a lot about this, okay? But it, it fits within this place in the series, so I allow me, okay, to do this now. Uh, in James chapter 1, because James gives us some tremendous insight into this, into the development of patience. He says, this is James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. He says, my brethren, that's all of you, okay? That's a sister and two, okay? So he says, my brethren and sisters, okay? Count or consider it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now watch this. You don't just, you know, you're not just happy because something bad happened to you. Watch this. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Knowing that this is what makes you happy, okay? He said, this is, what, this is why you count it all joy, knowing that the testing of your faith will do something. It's not just going to weaken you. It's not just going to leave you kind of hanging on the side of the road going, near God, <laughs> you know, what, what's going on? No, if you do this correctly, the, the, the testing of your faith, and it's not the Lord that tests your faith. Do you know, let me ask you a question. Let me just, uh, put the brakes on here for a minute. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe God knows all things? Well, yes, brother, I believe that. Well, how come then you go preach that God has to test and try you? Does he not know? Pausing here for a minute for you to think. 
I know I talk really fast. I'm giving you a minute. <laughs> that, that's, it. that's my minute. That's a Sri Lankan minute. <laughs> it's very, very short. But listen to me. If God knows all things, then please understand that the testing isn't coming from him. That's coming from the devil. Remember? We talked about him, okay? The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He's the one that's out to, to make your life miserable and cause you grief. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. So I need you to understand, first of all, he, you know, James knows this is not coming from God. Okay, can I just say that? All right, and so he says here, listen, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience. That, that's, again, the thing that God did. He placed it on the inside of you that whenever your, your faith was tested and tried, it would produce something in your life that would allow you to stand strong. And notice it says, and notice the, the result of this verse 4, it says, but let patience, let patience, let patience have its perfect work. Notice the word let, please. I need you to understand that that is something that you need to decide to do. You need to let patience. If you don't let patience have its perfect work, nothing is going to happen. Amen. You need to do this. This is a decision that you make. Notice it says again, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be, watch, watch, that you may be perfect and complete and strong in character, says the New Living Translation, lacking nothing and ready, oh, I love this, ready for anything. <laughs> Don't you love that? I have to read that again. I thought that made me happy. I got to read it again. All right, watch this again. This is the result of you letting patience have its perfect work. It says again in verse 4, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. This is the way you need to be. This is what, you, you know, all of this is leading to. Every time the devil attacks you, listen to what I'm saying. Praise God and, and rejoice over this. That, that's why it says count it all joy. <laughs> okay? Listen, every time the devil attacks you, it gives you an opportunity to become strong, to become perfect, to become complete. As this says, strong in character. In other words, the next time something happens, you won't fold like a newspaper and blow away. <laughs> okay? You will stand strong like an oak. You know, it's a tree, all right? Okay? And I mean, let, let, the, let the storms come. You're still standing. There's a song called, I'm still standing. Anyway, no, you, you, we, that needs to be who we are. We never quit. We never stop. Hallelujah. Amen? And so again, he says, not only will you become strong in this, but notice it goes on to say, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. You'll get to a place where, you know, when the devil comes and tries to find something to attack, there won't be anything there. Hallelujah. And I also love the New Living Translation when it says, ready for anything. That's when you go, the devil comes at you and you go, is that all you got? Is that, is that it? <laughs> okay, all right, praise God. All right, in fact, Douglas Shemu, I'm going to move on. <laughs> Douglas Shemu, this is not going to be the last lesson, I'm sorry. Douglas Shemu in his commentary says that the Christian who has attained completeness will also be perfect in character. And it's all dependent on us letting patience have its perfect work in us. According to Arkent Hughes, patience is defined, listen, as staying power, heroic endurance, fortitude, and spiritual toughness. Oh, I could preach on every one of those. <laughs> okay? God bless Arkent Hughes. All right, I love this man. He, he's got some tremendous insights into things. But he says again here that patience is defined as staying power, 
staying power. I mean, nothing derails you. No matter what comes your way, you stick with it. You stay with it. Hallelujah. And so many people today, you know, I feel like we're, we're such an instant coffee, you know, society, and we want everything straight away. And if it takes too long, it's just like, well, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> okay? That's kind of how we are. And, you know, we need to stop being that way, family. Notice again, he says, staying power, but more than that, he also says, heroic endurance. You know something? When you stand there, when you endure, when you say, God, uh, you know, uh, the devil attacks you, and you say, no, I trust God. I believe in God. God. I don't care what you do. I believe in God. No matter how much you try to convince me otherwise, I believe in God. And you just don't move from that position. Do you know what? That is heroic endurance. There are people in the rafters. Remember we talked about those in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Those are, they're cheering on you. You know, they're just cheering for you. They're going, yeah, Roche, go for it. We know that, <laughs> that's okay, <laughs> whoever you are, right? we know the devil's trying to convince you otherwise, and you're just standing your ground, and you're telling him off, you know, we, we're to cast the devil out, not stand there and have a chat with him. Amen, you know, you, you, if you ever look at the life of Jesus, and we're doing that too, Jesus never sat there and said, so how you been? You know, if you ever, ever saw a possessed person, he just cast the devil out, he didn't even have a word to say to him. And I want you to also notice that if you ever study the life of Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, now, okay, well, thank you for teaching this guy this lesson. Could you please leave now? <laughs> Amen. Jesus and the devil don't work together, man. They are absolute opposites. So every time Jesus saw a problem, he just, bang, got onto it, cast the thing out, healed the person, restored them. And some of them he knew got to, you know, into that problem, into that situation because they did something naughty. And so he says to them, don't do that naughty thing again. Or as the King James says, sin no more. <laughs> okay? But that's what he's saying. It's the same thing. All right? Okay. All right. <laughs> Getting back to this. So I want you to notice again, he, the patience is defined as staying power, heroic endurance, fortitude, and spiritual toughness. I, I really like that one. Spiritual toughness. Do you know, we need to learn to be people that walk by faith and not by sight. That's spiritual toughness, so that you don't get moved by what you see. You know, spiritually tough people don't allow the circumstances to dictate what they believe and what they know that God is sending their way. They just look beyond the circumstances. They look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith. They know that he is faithful. They know that whatever he promised, it will come to pass, and they don't care what all goes on in this world. Hallelujah. Amen. Because they've got that spiritual toughness on the inside of them. They just keep seeing beyond this natural realm constantly, and that's what you need to do as well. Hallelujah. Pray that this is blessing you. Okay, uh, I've said here, and the only way that uh, this kind of patient endurance is developed is in the midst of tests and trials while we count it all joy. While we count it all joy. Why is it important to count it all joy? Because Nehemiah chapter uh, 8 and verse 10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. And the, uh, again, we need to see... If you're not joyful, if you go into something without knowing what James said, knowing that the triangle of your faith works patience, and you know, if you let patience have its work, all of these amazing things come to pass in your life and in your character and in you, okay, then you're not gonna have this, you're not gonna have this joy, you're not gonna enter this with strength, you're gonna en enter this with weakness or in weakness, and you don't want that family. You don't you want to go in strong and come out stronger. Amen. 
Amen. So it is important to note that with, without joy, we will not, not patiently endure, and therefore we will not reach spiritual maturity. Praise God. Now, in order to give you an example of the... Oh, I, <laughs> is that the time? Okay, um, I was going to go through Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, I have run out of time. I'm so sorry. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll pick up on this next time. Father, we just thank you today for your word. And we just thank you, Father, for all that you are teaching us. We thank you, Father, for all the, uh, the inspiration and for all the revelation that we're receiving that will help us to fight our way through whatever the enemy throws at us that we will not lay down and die. We just thank you, Father, that you give us the strength, the wisdom, and the power to do what you've called us to do, that we become testimonies, that we become something that people can look to and aspire to. Hallelujah. Epistles read by all men, good ones. Amen. And we just thank you, Father, for what you are teaching us, for what you are revealing to us, and that we will not just be hearers of the word, especially in these instances, but doers of the word, because that's where the blessing is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.